Why should you visit Kings Island? Do it because less time planning means more time for this. Do it to take a one-day family vacation. Do it to catch a serious case of the giggles together. And of course, do it to eat a funnel cake the size of your face. Because here at Kings Island, doing something just for the fun of it is all the reason you need. Right now, everyone pays kids' price. Kings Island tickets just $45 online. The dark web can be like a restaurant for identity thieves. Hi, ready to order? I'll have the driver's license number. Great, that comes with a home address or a birth date. Ooh, both, please. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at LifeLock.com aware. Identity theft protection starts here. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers. You can always send an email, studio at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and our main website where you can listen to you know, past shows, you can find out what we've done in the past, what we're doing now, and where we hope to be going in the future, uh, just by going to www.xzoneradiotv.com. People ask me, Rob, why do you why do you tell everybody at the beginning of the segment, you know, who you are? You've already said it. Well, the reason is, is that, you know, as we move the show through the different time zones around the world, Certain affiliates and certain networks only pick us up at the top of that hour. So that's why we do it as a common courtesy to all our listeners. 
Cindy Dale is my guest. She is the author of two books, The Little Book of Chakras and Subtle Energy Techniques. And uh, see, she is an internationally renowned author, speaker, healer, and business consultant. Her book to date includes the bestseller, The Subtle Body, an Encyclopedia of Your Energetic Anatomy, and uh, the winner of four international recognized publisher awards, as well as over 20 internationally acclaimed books. So joining us now to talk about, let me see, chakras and subtle energies is Cindy Dale. And Cindy, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. I'm uh, excited to see what we're going to talk about in that whole world of subtle energy. Yeah, well, first of all, what is subtle energy? You know, let me talk about what energy is first. I have a very short sentence that explains it. Energy is just information that moves. That's it. Science has proven that absolutely everything is what it is because mm-hmm. there's information that tells it what to be. You know, just like how we raise our kids, like this is what you're going to be and hope that it works. And it moves. Everything in reality moves constantly. Subtle energy versus physical energy is the more invisible and immeasurable energy. And, you know, that continuum, Rob, changes over time, to be honest. So what we consider to be uh, you know, kind of physical energy today might have been subtle energy 10 years ago. And what we think is invisible or immeasurable right now, every single day science is learning how to better measure that which we can't see with our eyes or hear with our ears. Can you give us an example of subtle energy? Absolutely. You know, subtle energy is our thoughts. Okay. You know, you're thinking right now, but I can't hear what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Or how about our feelings? Okay. We know our Feelings are made out of, you know, chemicals in the body that have to do with neuropeptides and this and that and the other thing. You know, but we can't see the feelings. We can't measure them. We can't hold them, but we know that they exist. So those are the two things that we take for granted, you know, that are really subtle energy. They're communicated person to person. I have a good friend who said once that the most communicable disease in the world is depression because you can catch it. Just just talking to somebody on the phone when they're depressed. Isn't so that the truth? So that's a little yeah. how subtle energy works. It passes around. And I guess another example of subtle energy would be love. Yes. Yes, that's... You know, we can see the product. Yeah. We certainly know when we don't feel it, but mm-hmm. we know when we do feel it and when it's there. And, you know, there's that old phrase, love is what makes the world go round. Well, how do we know that? Because we know it. And even knowledge is a form of subtle energy or awareness or intuition or psychic data, you know, and all that stuff that opens up the mystical doors. You and I have to take a very short break. When we come back, I'd like to talk to you more about subtle energies. I want to get into the chakras because, like you said, energy is all around us. And love does make the world go round now, doesn't it? Exo Nation, my guest this hour is Cindy Dale. And uh, for more information on Cindy, her website is www.cindydale.com. That's www.cindydale.com. And Cindy is the author of, well, just two of the books that we're going to be talking tonight about that Cindy has written. The Little Book of Chakras and Subtle Energy Techniques. I am Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Now, a quick promo for our good friends at CubeSat. If you would like to be part of UFO history... If you would like to be part of the satellite watching group that is gathering around the world to watch the images coming from CubeSat that will be launched in the Mojave Desert this coming uh, summer with just one mission, to look for UFOs. 
visit www.cubesat.tech. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers its certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th. Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Exonation, uh, Cindy Dale is our special guest this hour. And Cindy, let me ask you this. Is there a one-size-fits-all technique to working with subtle energy safely? Well, I think so. (laughs) 
And it's such an easy technique, I'm usually embarrassed to teach it because it literally takes one second and is a one-size-fits-all technique. Wow. And the core behind the technique, the core idea, mm-hmm. is that essentially we are each a spirit. We are an essence. Right. We are you know, here for experience, but we're already you know, kind of divine. And it's recognizing the same is true of all others, you know, whether they be animals or plants or people, you know, or you could say mountains or rivers, you know, and that there's some kind of greater spirit, however people define that. So the technique that literally I woke up one morning being shown by what I would call my spiritual guides is really affirming the three most important aspects, you know, of essence. So if I were going to, you know, be working with you, if you were a client of mine, or if I were going to go to the bank and I wanted a great experience, or I want to set goals for the day, whatever it is, I first affirm my spirit, you know, that essential part of me, and I'm really giving it permission to take over and be in charge. I affirm the other person's spirit, or a class's, you know, spirits, or if I'm alone, you know, the spiritual helpers. And that is also stating I only want the best of them showing up. And then I literally surrender to what I would call the greater spirit or the Holy Spirit. And that's really the most important part of this process, because at that point, I'm kind of as Christianity says, there's less of me and more of that which is great and that which is good and that which is love, which I have now put in charge of myself, of a situation, of an interaction, of a meditation, of a prayer, of a healing, you know, or just of my drive to work that day. And that one technique, I teach it to any class that I teach, you know, and any individual who wants to, you know, kind of learn, you know, the most basic assumptive of techniques, and they always call me back or return to class and say, it's amazing, it works. I taught it to a massage therapist one time who was picking up other people's energy. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you do this, you know what it's like. You, you, I mean, you sit down with somebody and you end up with them. You feel like them at the end of your time with them. And that's a real tough you know, challenge for caregivers or people who are uh, you know, kind of helping other people because we care, so we take things on and we take them in. She came back you know, and said to me, I have been having my clients leap off the table. They feel so fantastic. She says the best thing is I feel good at the end of every session. I have energy at the end of each session. I'm not going home anymore feeling like a soggy noodle. So it it really is a technique you can use for anything. I have a client who's very clairvoyant but doesn't want to be in the way that he is, meaning he always sees bad catastrophes that he can't stop. And so I said, you know, do this. Get up in the morning, do spirit to spirit, and ask that greater spirit to only send you images if they're positive or if they're important or if there's something you can do about them if they are negative. Completely changed his life. In the last three months, he's had one so-called negative image. And you know what? It was just a, you know, kind of a traffic snarl. So he went a different way to work that particular day and avoided the traffic snarl. So, you know, it was useful for him. So I, I encourage people to use it for any reason. Um, how, can, how can this technique help the children of today? Because they face more challenges than you and I did growing up. And, you know, your son was a great example of that, how he, how he turned, if you I'll just use this, this whole saying, you know, you take uh, a lemon and you turn it into lemonade because he 
you know, he succeeded. He had a problem and he decided that yeah. he wanted to get it fixed and he went the 10 yards to get it fixed and he's on his road to success. So how do we teach yeah. children in school in early ages to use this technique because the children of today are the leaders of tomorrow? They are, and they're very special. It yes. actually reminds me, you know, of I go to a lot of baseball games mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. And I was talking to an older gentleman. He must have been in his 80s. And he said, you know, the shame is that we're not doing enough for the kids. He said, because they're the ones who own the earth right now. And this is just a perfectly yeah. normal guy, you know, who made his living as a plumber, and he understands what's really important. And, you know, I unfortunately think in most schools, Something like this is not going to get taught because it's going to be seen as religious or weird or yogi-like or, you know, have some label on it. So I think typically it's going to take a parent, you know, or a relative, you know, or another kid to teach a kid. But I'll tell you, a lot of the kids are helping each other with these kind of ideas. My son in his last year of completely reforming his pitching, uh, worked with an, with myself, but he also worked with an energy worker who is a baseball coach at the same time. And he would literally stop Gabe and say, breathe into your body, what feeling is stuck there? You know, or what aren't you letting go of? Or, you know, what does your spirit want you to know? Mm-hmm. Or what is the, you know, he used the word God. You know, what does God really want you to feel like when you're standing on that mound? And so I think there's ways that anybody interacting with a kid can make an impact and a difference just by asking a child, you know, you know, I trust you. You know the answers in your heart. You know, what is your heart saying? So I think there's ways we can take this technique if we can't formally introduce it to a young one and ask questions of them in such a way that says, you are an immortal essence. And you do know your answer. You know, how do you know your answers, you know, and how can you bring those out and respect them? I think that works. You know, when when both my boys were younger, I would do things with them, like, you know, when they woke up and said, you know, I think I'm too sick to go to school. I would say, feel into your body. I want you to feel like if you're going to go to school, does your energy go up or does it go down? And, you know, more often than not, they would say, "Ah, going to school makes my energy go up. I guess I'm supposed to go to school. (laughs) And they made their own decisions with that. And 95% of the time, you know, if I just helped them get in touch with their essence, they could read it and do the right thing. You know, we speak about religion. And, um, you know, how does one's religious beliefs fit into this, this formula? Well, uh, you know, first of all, every spirituality or religion Mm -hmm. I've studied, you know, kind of separate from, oh, you know, kind of an agnostic set of beliefs or, you know, pure humanism, you know, has the sense of something good. They, They all have the sense of something bigger and something good and that which is love based and seeks to to assist rather than to harm us. And so this particular tool, Spirit to Spirit, I, for instance, teach at a local college, and I get people from every religion in that college, and I am teaching this technique. I'm teaching things about past lives. I'm teaching about the soul. I'm teaching the Spirit to Spirit technique. I'm teaching about the power of grace. 
And I usually just sort of muddle the first class and say, I don't care what you call that greater spirit. You can call it Allah, Kuan Yin, goodness, the universe. I said, doesn't make any difference to me. That's up to you. It's up to the way you feel like you are supposed to be. You know, I, if there's a God, which I believe there is, you know, whatever we want to call it, sure. God's going to kind of help each person choose the path of religion or spirituality that's right for them mm-hmm. in this walk. And so I respect all those paths. And spirit to spirit is really just saying, you know, everybody has a goodness, and every, we can all call on goodness. So I've yet to have anybody ever argue with me, you know, that the technique is too religious or it's not Christian enough or Islamic enough or whatever. I just haven't come across it. You know, there's many people in today's society who believe that it's time for religion to go because religion in so many circles is the root of all evil instead of the path of righteousness. I know. It isn't that a tough one. It is. But, and we go back to our discussion of history, mm-hmm. you know, that we had before the break, where part of somebody's past are the religions, you know, of their ancestors as well. Yeah. So, you know, I have a really good friend. For, for instance, I'll tell the story this way. I travel with three girlfriends to the Isle of Man, which is an island in Scotland, over midsummers because the legend is that the great fairies walk the, the ancient stones on midsummers. So I am raised Christian. I traveled with a woman who's a strong Jewish person, yeah. a woman who was a pagan, mm-hmm. and another who is a Hindu. So, you know, we kind of represented a lot of different paths. Now, and we were all going out there to see the fairies. I do have to tell you, however, we didn't see any fairies. We saw a lot of stoned hippies <laughs> that night <laughs> out at the stones. Uh-huh. Not a fairy, however. <laughs> but we all got along. We all know our history. We all know what we believe. And we had a great deal of respect for each other. But I think one other piece was that we all saw where we had similarities and, you know, and we're okay with what our differences were. Mm-hmm. Even though my friend who's Jewish looked at me and said, you know what's wrong with you Christians? She said, your view of Mary is wrong. I'm a Jewish woman, and there ain't no Jewish woman, you know, who's going to be as passive as the Catholic Church portrays Mary. <laughs> so, you know, we have a lot to learn from each other. You see, my, well. my, my answer to her would have been, how do you know Mary was Jewish? There you go. You know, though, what's interesting, Rob, that same trip, we Mm -hmm. were in Edinburgh. We had flown there. Right. And we were in uh, a museum. I can't remember the name. It's really long. The Museum of All Religious Icons, et cetera, et cetera. So there's Aboriginal pieces there. There's Jewish pieces. There's Hindu pieces. There's Ganesh. And I was standing underneath a Salvador Dali painting of Jesus on a cross over the earth, and I literally felt him come out of the painting, come in me, look through the museum, and say, isn't it wonderful how many ways there are to worship? So that taught me a lot, that experience. That is a beautiful experience. It was. It was. And it was open-hearted. And religion, I would agree with you, and a lot of people, does have a way of reducing itself to dogma. Mm -hmm and legalism instead of uh, love 
and care, which is the whole purpose of a religion. That's right. To help us take care of each other. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we've got about a minute and a half left before I have to go to my final break. But I believe that the Ten Commandments were the word for a group that was, you know, sociologically developing. And even in today's society, if you follow those ten simple rules, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. No. No, they're they're rules for living. That's exactly right. And the very same type of commandments can be seen in the Vedic text, you know, and others of the religions. They might be phrased differently, but they're about how we get along. Or as John Locke, you know, who, you know, was a philosopher that a lot of the Constitution is based on, you know, in the United States would say the social compact. You know, how to care for each other. That's what life is all about, caring for each other. And, you know, once again, using the Bible, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. We all need a shepherd to take us, to guide us, to protect us. You and I have to take our final break. Please stand by. Great talking to you. Cindy Dale is my special guest, Exonation, www.cindydale.com, and we'll both be back. As Craig just scared the heck out of me. We'll both be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. 
During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. That was kind of an energetic song. Did you feel the energy, Exxon Nation? All right. No dancing in your car. Pull over to the side of the road if you're going to dance. Hey, you, in the office in downtown Toronto. You in the office in New York City. Get off your desk. You're going to get yourself into trouble. Oh, my gosh. Cindy Dale is our special guest. CindyDale.com. And, uh, Cindy, why is it so important that we all, including the average person, understands energy? Because everything's made of energy. Our feelings, our thoughts, our bodies, our organs, those that we can see and those that we can't mm-hmm. see, absolutely everything's made out of energy. So if you can understand what's happening on the subtle energy realm, in that world of the invisible and the immeasurable energy, you can help direct what's happening in your physical existence. Because it's the subtle stuff that provides the framework for that which, knock on wood, we can literally knock on and call real. All right, so what do the chakras have to do with energy? Well, chakras is an age-old word. It's a Hindu concept. There's other words for the concept in other languages and other cultures Mm -hmm. that are subtle energy organs. So just the same way you have physical organs, a liver, a gallbladder, a stomach, a heart, etc., you have subtle energy organs. But they accomplish more than your physical organs because the chakras, they're the same as spinning wheels of light, are literally able to convert physical energy or the stuff that we can see and touch and smell, etc., into subtle energy, which is the more invisible but very, very uh, kind of intelligent and powerful energy, uh, and vice versa, convert subtle energy into physical energy. So it's chakras that are able to pick up on what somebody's feeling halfway around the world and let us know what's going on, or can potentially disappear a tumor. I mean, that's a great way to look at what a chakra's capability is. Let's take something physical, mm-hmm. convert it into something that's invisible, and then you don't have it anymore. Cindy, do you have a favorite chakra? And if so, what and why? I do. <laughs> and 
my favorite chakra is the one that most people don't like, to oh. be really honest. Why? I love the first chakra. I work with the 12 chakra system. Most mm-hmm. people work with one of the many Hindu systems. There are chakra systems that have two chakras, nine chakras, 42,000 chakras. I work with 12. I love the base one, the primal one that's in the hip area. We typically see it as red. It's physical. Because uh, I, I do agree with, you know, some of the great thinkers, and I'm following along, you know, and kind of, kind of, you know, wishing to be uh, kind of equivalent to them, uh, like we all want to, is that we're spirits here having a physical existence. So how can we do that without the most physical and primal of chakras really operating for ourselves? And that's what the first chakra is. It's in the hip area, has to do with physicality, has to do with this world, it has to do with expressing Mm -hmm. through and with our bodies. You know, this is the stuff that, you know, for instance, I'm a mother. This is to me, the mothering chakra. This is, you know, this is the physical one through which I can touch my kids, through which I can smell the, usually it's the toast that's burning, but hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> you know, something that's in the kitchen working out as well. I love the first chakra because we're here to be physical. How many different chakras are there? Well, I work with 12, but I'll tell you about another book that I finished about a year ago called Llewellyn's Complete Book of Chakras. It's 1,200 pages. It's a great door jam. You know, it'll squish any flower that you want, literally 1,200 pages. Took me two years to write. I'm still in the recovery phase. Um, But, you know, the coolest part, Rob, of that book is the second half of it features chakra systems from around the world. I had so much fun, you know, kind of looking through the lens of other cultures and seers and oracles and healers across time. And so most of us in the West believe there are seven chakras in the body. But honestly, different cultures have different ideas. I use 12 because it makes sense, because there's chakras on top of the head, there's Mm -hmm. chakras under the feet, there's chakras around us. So to me, symbolically, you know, working with a system that has chakras around the body, not only in the chakra, talks about our greater self and says, you know, we go beyond our skin. And so why not, from a subtle energy perspective, operate that way as well? So if there are all these different chakras, how do we know which group of chakras are the right group and which ones aren't? Or are these all proper groups of chakras? (laughs) I know. Isn't that the question? You know, it's kind of like saying half a dozen of this and Mm -hmm. six of another, right? So I think it's really important to understand that the way different cultures perceive the chakras comes from their framework. It largely comes from their spiritual value system, the land that they live on, you know, what they see when they look out at the countryside or the the desert or the jungle. Mm -hmm. And so every single chakra system is correct depending on the vantage point. It's a little bit like the old elephant, you know, from the tail, from the trunk, from this and that and the other thing. And I really enjoyed writing that really big book and writing additional books about chakras because I think ultimately each of us, to some extent, once we learn a system and maybe get exposed to a few different systems, we get to decide what best explains our lives to ourselves. And before break, we talked about love. You know, what kind of system best allows us to embody love? Um, You know, and really, if you're going to reduce the chakras and say which ones you have to have, you know, in a system, you have to have the base, which is the physical, 
wherever you put it, under the feet, in the hips, wherever, you need to have something on the top because that's the spiritual self. Mm -hmm. And then you need to have a chakra in the heart because that's the way that we relate to what's around us and to what we're receiving from the divine. So those are the three most important areas that I think we need to work with from a chakra point of view. Having had the opportunity of speaking to many energy workers over the years, over the past 25 years doing this job and and today talking to you, it amazes me that it took so long for this knowledge to work its way over to North America. Oh, I know. It really didn't make its way until the 1900s, not, you know, in a really strong way, except in some of the research that I've done, I've looked at the Hopi, the Cherokee, the Lakota clans, uh, Mesoamerica, the Mayans, the Aztecs, and most of those systems had chakras. They may have called them something else, you know, eyes in the sure. body or, you know, you know, this or that, or spirits in the body or whatever it is. Uh, but they had chakra systems. The Hopi Indians, for instance, you know, as an example, had, depending on how you look at it, six or seven chakras. So the knowledge was here in North America. But those of us who came over, you know, usually from Europe or maybe brought over, forced over from Africa, you know, or other places, you know, we weren't coming from places that were, uh, you know, kind of populated with this thinking. So we had to wait for the East to wake us up so that we could remember the knowledge that was in the land already. Yeah, it's it seems that the further we go into the future, the more we discover that we've already known in the past. Yeah. I know, and we're still remembering, aren't That's we? That's right, yeah. I mean, some of, the, some of the stories that I hear, whether they come from mystics, you know, or some of the research that mm-hmm. only floats in through the Internet, or even some of the scientific research about light and healing with light, yeah. different kinds of near-infrared light and blue light or mm-hmm. healing with sound. You know, there's bandages now that you sound to send the medicine through the skin into the organs. I mean... We've used light and sound and all this, you know, kind of knowledge for thousands and thousands of years. We just keep going through these dark ages, don't we? Whether we call them the dark age or not, <laughs> we just seem to we just seem to kind of have a big eraser or something that we wipe things out and then we have to re-remember it again. It's just like the batteries that they're finding in ancient archaeological digs. You know, like, hello, we've had batteries before. What the hell took us so long to remember them? Yeah, and, you know, the Hindu and some of the ancient tracks, Mm -hmm. you know, talked about flying machines and big white lights. And if you read the Old Testament a certain way when they talk about the Ark of the, you know, the the Covenant covenant, or the Tabernacle. Yeah, you know, that stuff sounds like some sort of really fancy fission or fusion or something, you know, that we've, we've harnessed energy in other ways that we've to some extent, yet to rediscover, you know, like the Magdev trains, you know, levitation. Mm -hmm. Of course we used to use magnetic energies and levitate stones. You know, we're able to do that with trains right now. Yeah. So it's all perspective, I think, to connect the stories and the legends of the past Mm -hmm. with what we're doing or reinventing today and look at the similarities. I think one of the biggest problems that we have as a society in general, and I'm not talking about the the indigenous uh, groups who 
in my opinion, are way ahead of the game, is that they look in the past. They keep the past alive because they realize that in order to understand where we are today and how to progress into a productive future, you have to understand the past. You have to know where you went wrong. And yet, here in North America, in this technological age of ours, we seem to forget the most simplistic things in life. We do. The qualities, the principles, the spiritual laws. I like also studying, you know, amongst indigenous peoples, you know, taking from, you know, their ways what I can, or at least reading about it. And the universal principles are the same. You know, protect the innocent, respect the earth, uh, understand that we, you know, kind of what we hold in our hearts is basically going to impact other people. I mean, there's some very easy concepts that I think most of the time kids are born knowing, (laughs) right? Sure. And it's the old what you knew in kindergarten kind of thing or even before kindergarten, Mm -hmm. you know, and we do seem to divorce ourselves from our history. I, I think, I don't know what you think, Rob, but I think that a lot of times adults do that because sometimes there's so much in our history that's painful Yes. that we we just skim over it, and it's easy if we do that on the personal level to do that on the collective level as well. I agree, and it seems that we as adults bring baggage with us from one day to the next instead of learning how to realize what the baggage is and just say, okay, fine, I've learned, let's get rid of the baggage. Or how many adults in today's world have a failure and they give up instead of looking at a failure as I have done through my life as a learning lesson? You know Exactly. Yeah. And like you're saying, what didn't work and let's try something else. Exactly. I mean, well, I can't remember how many zeros are on it, but Edison invented what, three hundred filaments or mm-hmm. tried three hundred filaments before he got one to work for the light bulb. Yeah. And you know, I, I have a seventeen year old son who's really doing amazing as a baseball pitcher right now, got a scholarship. But you know what? A year ago he came to me and he said, You know, Mom, I want to be a baseball player and I'm not very good yet. So I need to learn how to be good. And we have spent, he has spent, I've funded it, an entire year working really hard. And he had to start over from scratch with how to put his foot down differently than he used to, to how to twist his body. So you could say that he started that as a complete failure, right? Or did he? No, no, that's not being a failure. Because if he was a failure, because if he was a failure, he wouldn't accept the challenge, recognize what he was doing wrong, say, I need help to improve it. And he's going forward. To me, that's success. That's right. I totally agree. Yep. And every time he learned a new technique, he'd go Mm -hmm. out there and it would take him a while to get it and he'd get it. Stand by, dear friend. You and I have to take a break. Exxon Nation, Cindy Dale is our special guest. She is a work-renowned speaker, author, teacher, and scholar. And we're talking to Cindy about the Little Book of Chakras and Subtle Energy Techniques. Her website is cindydale.com. That's C-Y-N-D-I-D-A-L-E.com. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We'll be back after this break. Don't go away. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine 
ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years and author of four books and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune into Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com.
What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genex provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life is no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Welcome back, everyone. Cindy Dale is our special guest, www.cindydale.com. That is C-Y-N-D-I-D-A-L-E.com. She is the author of The Little Book of Chakras and Subtle Energy Techniques. And I'd like to thank Vanessa at Llewellyn for helping make this interview possible. If somebody wants to study subtle energies or study the chakras, what's their best way of going about that? You know, that's a great question. Um, you know, there's always teachers in every area, mm-hmm. Reiki, healing touch, psychic development. I'd be careful with the last grouping, however. I'm a real big believer in boundaries. Right. Uh, the first time I took a psychic development class, the teacher just said, connect with a dead person. And me, being a good student, right, the A student, just says, I want to connect with a dead person. And within two seconds, I've got this creepy energy coming in my neck. And I said, who the, you know, what are you? And I heard an answer, which freaked me out even more. And it said, I am Tom. I am a sailor. And I said, I don't want Tom the sailor in my body. (laughs) So be careful with whom you study with, that they're going to respect, you know, kind of your right to set up boundaries and decide, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of what you want to do with your subtle energy or not. There's tons of good books out there. There's downloads. 
I have a book called The Intuition Guidebook that's helpful for people who struggle with psychic boundary issues. Um, you know, but it's, it's honestly everywhere right now. I, I think just, you know, search your heart, you know, for what approach is going to be best for you and why you want to learn it and go forward that way. Something that I don't think gets talked uh, uh, enough about are psychic vampires. And people have said, what the heck is a psychic vampire? Man, they're the people who just suck the energy right out of you. So how do you prevent people from, you know, that person you meet and they are so needy and you can actually feel the energy draining from your body. How do you, how do we deal or how do we protect our, our energy from these kind of people? That's a great question. And I know those people. <laughs> I think so do we I. all know those yeah. people. And if there's a proof that they're subtle energy, it's that we get vampired. So I think it's really important to understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. We don't end at the skin. And our electromagnetic energy, the sounds that come off of our body, you know, our subtle energy just keeps going, you know, like a football field away. But we're also interconnected to anything or anyone we've ever been connected to. So we're sort of wide open, which is slightly scary when you think about it. And so somebody with certain types of programs or neediness, you know, or the training from their childhood systems that say they get to take somebody's energy right? That's how they survive. That's how they get their sense of value. They, they, you're not, they, they don't stop at the skin. Their energy just reaches in, takes what they want, and off they go with it. And you can feel it. So you can make decisions about what's going to happen with your subtle energy, right? With your subtle boundaries, with your chakras or your auric fields or whatever words you want to use. I like the word boundaries. Yes. You can decide, hey, I want my boundaries to only let in what's good for me, to only send out messages that are truthful about me, you know, that are for my highest good, you know, and ain't nobody getting in to see the wizard. That It's just not happening. So there's a lot about the power of decision-making that I think is really important. I know the buzzword these days is intention. You know, set your intention. Oh, yes. There's intention experiments. I like the word decision. Because I don't know about you, but when Cindy sets an intention, it's a little bit like trying to do something or thinking, yeah, it'd be nice if it goes this way. When Cindy makes a decision, that's it. So you can d decide you're not letting anybody take your energy. And your auric field, that's mm -hmm. what they call the energy fields around the body, will respond accordingly. So it, it's also important to take... I hate to say it this way, and it sounds kind of cold, but to take responsibility for people stealing your energy. Because as soon as we say, oh, it's them doing it, which they are doing it, we put the power in them yeah. instead of us to make a decision not to give it away. With all the cell towers, all the Wi-Fi, and, and all the other yeah. technological gizmos that we're all being inundated with each and every day, how does that affect our subtle energies fields? I think that's a great question because it literally goes straight through us. I mean, that's subtle energy. We can't see it, yeah. but it's real, and it is to some extent measurable. It, it marches straight through. 
And so a lot of people are really reactive to all that EMF or, you know, the artificial, you know, Internet and cell phones and this and that and the other thing. I fell prey to it a few years ago, and I was sick all the time. And then I sat down and I thought, you know, and I got all those gizmos that you can put on your furnace and your electricity, and I unplugged everything. And then I thought, you know, Cindy, this is just energy. Why are you giving it more power than you give other pe- than people's energy? So again, just decide your energy field is not going to let in what's not good for you. And I've actually been just fine. Um, it's interesting we bring this up because we talked in the last segment too about kids. Yes. And a lot of the kids coming in are very pure. They're very spirit based. You know, they they might measure as slightly Asperger's or ADHD or this or that, but to some extent, they're so pure, they don't have really strong energetic fields. So they can be really affected by all this EMF. I met a super cool acupuncturist down in Charlotte who says that he's finding that a lot of kids are allergic to EMF, and it throws out their livers. Oh, wow. And so he's, yeah, I know, he's literally clearing their body of their allergies which of course is like an autoimmune histamine reaction Mm -hmm. so he's trying to train their bodies not to react to it and to block out what's not good for them and let pass through you know what isn't going to harm them so it really literally just doesn't touch them or impact them so i i kind of like thinking of it as treating an allergy you know this emf stuff where you know we don't want to let it in Right. And or we don't want to react to it. But if but if energy acts with energy, we know a mm-hmm. microwave is an energy. We know that yep. a microwave is a very dangerous energy. So how yep. does that energy, the microwave energy, how does that energy react with the subtle energies that we have in our body? Well, it usually it's it's a lower energy. Mm-hmm. And so from the continuum of EMF, there's like really high energy, you know, frequencies, yeah. et cetera, like gamma is way, way up there, which can be dangerous or helpful, mm-hmm. by the way. Sure. Um, and microwave is lower. So it, from a purely physical point of view, microwave energies really impact, you know, kind of our feet and the energies of our connection to the earth. So microwave and radio waves and some of that, but the real low microwaves in particular, are literally going to unground us. They're going to disconnect us from the earth. So we have to compensate for that. You know, we have to intentionally go through the microwave, Mm -hmm. you know, or or visualize ourselves connecting deeper and deeper into the planet or wear magnets in our shoes or make sure that we get outside a lot more often. You know, so depending on the kind of person you are, you want to compensate. But that depends on your personality, too. I'm a very physical person, so I have to go outside. I get up every morning at 5, and I take the dogs to a park. I drive there, and I run them. And then I'm good to go for the rest of the day, and I'm not impacted by almost anything. So I have to do that. You know, other people are a little more meditative, Mm -hmm. and so they kind of go through the microwave energy, send it away, transform it, see themselves visually, psychically connecting into the earth. So it is, like you're saying, really important to understand what's coming at us so we can devise a plan for getting along with it or at least being untainted by it. 
Cindy, we've got about two minutes left. What are your final thoughts for the listening audience of the Exxon Nation? I think, you know, get into energy. <laughs> I, I love it. You know, it's so fascinating mm-hmm. to find out what the ancients knew about energy, about chakras, about spirit, about spirituality, you know, about talking with the animals and the birds and how we're all interconnected. I mean, to me, everything is about subtle energy. It's about what we can't see that's impacting us, you know, and how we can start to, without getting paranoid, right? We don't want to get paranoid. How can we unearth what it is that we're not in touch with, you know, so that we become more loving, more compassionate, and more clear about who we are and who we're not. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Where can people get your books, Cindy? You know, they're all on Amazon. I've got like 20 plus books. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember them all. They're all on Amazon, <laughs> Barnes and Noble. I know. <laughs> they sell really well on the East Coast, on the West Coast. I'm in the Midwest. People aren't quite as into chakras yet in, you know, the Midwest, but it's getting there <laughs> in the United States. Amazon has everything though. They really do. Cindy, I want to thank you so much for joining us. A great pleasure. Continued success Bye. and uh, the very best to your son and his baseball career. Thank you. I'm excited for him. So are we. Keep us informed, will you, Cindy? Who I knows? will. All right, Exonation Cindy Dale has been our guest this hour. www.cindydale.com. That's www.cindydale.com. Now, I'll be back on the other side of the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And we come to you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our fine family of broadcast affiliates around the world. Don't forget, if you'd like to be part of UFO discovery or disclosure history, visit www.cubesat.tech. We'll be back. Don't go away. <laughs> 